Hello out there! It's time for the Hockey Minute. Your source for all your hockey news and some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by... Absolutely nobody. We don't have any sponsors. Now here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are. Welcome back to another edition of the Hockey Minute. I am your host, Brandon. With me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. And today we've got good old Ontario boy, Lawson McDonald, joining us. But first, please, give us a rating and subscribe on Apple. It really helps us grow the show. All right. Before we get into our interview with Lawson, let's check in with my co-host, the man who's digging out his old firefighter costume to help out any way he can, Ryan. How you doing, man? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm afraid to go outside. We got all the smoke from Washington State drifting up here, so... Yeah, man. Uh, stay inside if you can. I'm doing pretty good, though. Uh, smoky morning, but we're, we're surviving. How are you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm great. We're pleased to have on the former Cornwall Colt and former captain of the Marion University Sabres, Lawson McDonald, man. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll dive right into this, uh, Lawson. You grew up in St. Andrews West. Uh, is that a big program and talent pool out there? Uh, well, uh, I'd like to think so. Anyway, uh, um, so no, I mean it, it. It's definitely a big. It's big hockey country, uh, Eastern Ontario. Uh, so St Andrews is just just north of the city of Cornwall, Ontario. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there's obviously uh, lots of hockey talent comes out of that area. And uh, no, it was a great. It was a great place to grow up. Lawson, was there anybody that you modeled your game after in the NHL? Well, uh, I was always uh, obviously. Uh, I think you guys. have maybe mentioned it already i'm a senators fan so uh i grudgingly used to like yashin when i was really little um and then i kind of turned i became a havlat fan martin havlat i don't know if you guys remember him Uh, and so he and he was number nine so that's why i love number nine um and uh and then my kind of favorite player became spezza funny enough but who did i you know i don't know if i modeled my game over anyone necessarily but there's definitely lots of people to look to uh one of the guys uh his name is jesse winchester he played for the senators and a few different teams um, in the nhl and he was a few years older than me and he was from uh, near my hometown and and so he was always kind of a guy i i looked up to you ended up playing in cornwall and uh, when you were 15 years old, you got three games in. You scored a goal, actually. So that's, I mean, that's that's pretty good. But how did you end up in Cornwall? Was that a situation where you had to sign there or were you a walk-on? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah, so um, the, the CCHL, um, they, I don't know if they do it anymore. Uh, but they what they used to do, certainly, and I think they still do it, uh, they had protects. So at every so there's 12 teams in the CCHL. And each team for the draft, like before your draft year at 16, uh, each team could protect two players, uh, and usually local, they, like the local players. So Cornwall had could pick me or anyone from their area to so that they wouldn't get drafted anywhere else. Um, and so my 15-year-old year, uh, my minor midget year, uh, Cornwall protected myself and, and uh, actually one of my best friends. Um, and so then after my season was done, junior A season was ongoing. Um, and so they could call me up for a maximum of five games. Um, and that's why at 15, uh, I got to play in three 
uh, three junior A games. And, and Cornwall at the time was uh, one or first or second in the nation um, in terms of the ranking. So they were a really strong team. Uh, and so that was pretty neat, you know, to be a 15 year old and um, everyone seemed like they were 30, <laughs> you know, like it, uh, so it was pretty neat. And, and yeah, in my second game, I was up in Hawkesbury, which uh, is kind of a dark old arena and, and uh, it was eight, it was like seven to one uh, we were winning and there was a late power play with about two minutes left. And so the coach threw me out. And uh, anyway, it was kind of a shot from the point off the back. Dasher came right to me as silent net. And I just put it in. And the funny story with that one is the game before, the captain of our team, his name was uh, Jacob Laliberté, he scored like 60 goals that year or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, went on to play. D1 and in Europe. Anyway, he scored a goal and he jumped in the glass. I thought that was like the coolest thing. Like, out of, <laughs> and so I scored to make it 8 1 as a 15 year old. And I was right at the glass. And I didn't like fly into it, but I kind of was at the glass. So I kind of just jumped into it. And as I was in the air, I'm thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, about to start a line brawl right there yeah exactly i i mean i had a cage on because i was 15 I, you know no one ever said anything but uh anyway all the when i got into the room the players were kind of greasing me a little bit but no i anyway, know so that was pretty cool and um yeah so that's how i ended up playing at 15 fast forward to your final year at cornwell you had 43 points in 57 games it was, was that when you were first recruited by marion university uh yeah so um kind of the way it works is um your 20 or 20 year old year that's when all the division three schools really start to zone in on you um so my my 17 or sorry my 18 and 19 year old year there was uh I, you know i had you know, i was talking to some division one schools and there was some progress there but i had a lot of injuries and different stuff going on there so then come fast forward to my 20 year old year yeah that's where division three schools really start to because they they know you know your time's about to end and if you want to keep playing type thing so um but actually marion was the last school to talk to me um you know there's always the showcase tournament or not tournaments but showcase games and where all these schools come and and uh so you know i was fortunate had a number of teams or team schools uh, talking to me. I went on some recruiting trips and all that. Um, and my team didn't make the playoffs that year. So the, my, our final game, we are kind of celebrating after and uh, we're not celebrating kind of more trying together, I guess. But uh, we, uh, I got a call from assistant coach at Marion and had to fly me out and, do a whole trip and, and come see us. We're really interested. Um, and the funny thing is they had never seen me play. <laughs> uh, it, they had heard from a few division one scouts who, who obviously liked the way I played or whatever. And, and that's, so they had never actually seen me play. They just were going off of kind of other people's 
uh, words, I guess. And anyway, so uh, at the time, I was kind of really thinking, you know, free trip to Wisconsin on a recruiting trip, uh, that's not a bad deal. I may as well do it. And um, anyway, I ended up just loving my experience there, like on the recruiting trip. It just felt like like home a little bit there, and the people were so nice. So uh, it worked out. So, yeah. Well, that last year in Cornwall, you played with a kid named Lawson McDougall. And uh, in hockey, you know, you, you, you get your own nicknames. Uh, hard to really pick a nickname. You can't be Law Mac when there's another Law Mac on the team. So what, how did that get worked out with the coaching staff when they were trying to call out, uh, you know, next guy up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the story of my my hockey career there. So Lawson McDougall is uh, – He's actually very distantly kind of related uh, to me. Um, he, uh, in our area, it, our, the counties are Stormont, Dundas, and Glengarry, and uh, it's very Scottish, very Celtic. And uh, anyway, so all that to say, we kind of share some lineage there, and, and, and my mother's maiden name is Lost, and that's how I got called that, and they found that. Anyway, so we kind of grew up together and uh, that was always kind of confusing, but luckily in terms of when a junior, he, he was always, his nickname was Doug. So he, that's what he would get called. And I was either, you know, I had a plethora of nicknames, I guess, but no, it's so uh, definitely anytime someone just said Lawson or yeah, Law Mac or anything like that, it was, it was definitely confusing. But the other <laughs> problem was if, a lot of times if he scored or whatever, I would get credit. Or then if I got a point, he'd get credit. And, and I, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it worked out. And actually, sorry to, to add on to that, I played my 16-year-old year. I played a number of games with the Colts. Also, I played a full year junior B. And Lawson and I were both on that team. And there was a guy from Montreal who came to play, and his name was Lawson Roland. So there's three Lawsons <laughs> on one team. There might be three Lawsons in the province of Ontario, and there were three of them on one hockey team. It was crazy. Was it a big transition for you, moving from you know small-town Ontario to Wisconsin? Uh, smooth in general. Uh, I mean, I actually found Wisconsin... Um, of all the places I, I've been in the U.S. and I've been to quite a few places, I found Wisconsin actually um, kind of similar to home. Like it, it's it's Dairyland, USA, and some rolling hills, and you know some big cities and farmland, and and people are really nice, and uh, and that's kind of what home's like for me. Uh, you know, kind of mix of rural and city, uh, nice people. Um, so that, in that aspect, it, it was fine. Uh, obviously different culture when you add in, you know, uh, it's a carrying concealed state, you know, and, and so I didn't have a gun and, and, you know, it's it different, but, um, no, I, I loved my time there. And, uh, the fact that I was an hour to Milwaukee, an hour to Green Bay, Packer, I went, you know, went to Packer games, an hour to Madison, uh, so for Wisconsin Badgers, football, basketball, we were two hours to Chicago. Like it was just, it was a great spot. And, um, 
and uh, no, the, the people at Marion were were so kind and uh, you know had great friends like uh, Brock Weston, who who I know you've had on and, and you know his credible story there. So no, it was a pretty easy transition for the most part. I think uh, anytime you're you're moving away from home, and it was actually my first time moving away from home. I, I you know we've mentioned playing for my hometown junior team. Um, so I never got traded. Travel within our league is minimal. So throughout my minor hockey and junior, I never left home, uh, which is diff- different to most most hockey players, right, in, in Canada and, and abroad. So uh, so moving away to Wisconsin was the first time moving away. And um, so, no, yeah, it was it was definitely, it was lots of fun. Did you ever have to defend uh, Canada's honor like you, you had to uh, at Fat Joe's Bar that one night? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, oh, I am, I am my parents, uh, or my family, I guess, in general, uh, they refer to me as Captain Canada. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am just, I am the most passionate, you know, kid, oh, we all are, uh, but, yes. you know, I'm always, uh, you know, Looking to to defend Canada and especially you know we're all like I certainly I grew up Cornwall's right on the American border there and I can remember being a kid and you know we'd my sister and I would go to a basketball tournament or this tournament in Potsdam or something which is half an hour across the border and they'd be like Canada like where's <laughs> like what in the world like <laughs> anyway do you guys have internet up there yeah yeah like anyway just like ooh, see like uh, oh god like it was just incredible so no in wisconsin i had to do a lot of explaining for sure um and uh the problem with the problem just wisconsin's connection to canada is more through northern ontario like a lot of them would go and, and hunt up there, fish up there, um, which you know, I don't know if any of your listeners are from a Northern Ontario, but it's not the greatest part of our country, at least scenery. And, um, you know, there's not as much to do. Uh, so, you know, if they did know where, uh, anything about Canada or where I'm from, you know, anyone in Canada, anywhere in Canada, that's what they – visualized right and and uh so trying to explain that, that no no like we're you know we we have a beautiful wide you know multicultural landscape country that you know from coast to coast like you know they didn't they don't get that right and no i was definitely doing a lot of explaining but um no i enjoyed that part too right and and i learned so much more about about their the culture and, and how things are there. And um, unfortunately right now, Wisconsin has been in the news for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. Jump into that. But, uh, but in general, I, I really enjoyed my time there and uh, no, it was really good. It is funny though, how, cause I know like Brandon and I are about 20 minutes from the border to get to the, uh, the U S and I mean, I'll, I'll drive 30 minutes across the border to get, cheap gas or something and people are like oh you know you're from canada like like that that's pretty crazy isn't it i'm like well not really like it's the same you know it's not like when you cross that invisible line that it's a barren wasteland but uh 
I do get the odd person that's like, oh, you know, Canada, do you know, you know, do you know Tom? And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, he lives on the same street as me. It's called the Trans-Canada Highway. So, um, it's, yeah. uh, it is funny though, but yeah, I can just imagine you having to, to maybe explain to some of the people in the United States that, you know, we do have running water and, and Wi-Fi. Uh, although uh, if you're in Winnipeg, that's debatable, I guess, on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> what did you decide to study when you played there? Uh, so I took, uh, uh, I was in the business, uh, program. So I was a finance and, uh, a marketing major with a tech minor. So. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. That yeah. Well, and I, I mean, we we don't reveal our sources on this podcast, but I did have a source tell me that you're actually an excellent tennis player as well. Um, apparently, you played multiple sports, but tennis, you were like very, you know, very highly ranked in in university. Uh, was that something you always played growing up, more so for fun, or did you also have that competitive edge to to pursue tennis? Well. I kind of get to know who the source is because they're uh, giving me compliments I don't think I deserve. Uh, but, um, uh, oh, you know what? I, I, uh, funny enough, I, you know, I did get to, to play varsity soccer, hockey, and tennis while at Marion. Um, uh, but actually, tennis was kind of, just a, a pastime growing up. It was always something I enjoyed playing with friends and, and uh, always loved the sport. Uh, I'm a huge, huge Rafael Nadal fan. Um, I don't know if any of you follow tennis much, um, but uh, huge. He's one of my favorite athletes um, in the world, actually. I really uh, look up to him. But no, I I didn't play. Like, I played my my grade 12 year in high school uh, and made it to like decided you know what I want to do it and and ended up making it to provincials um, so that was kind of cool got to the provincials were always held at uh, I think it well it used to be the Rexall Center or something like that um, in Toronto where the Rogers Cup is held uh, and uh, so I got to play in that that stadium court and that was pretty cool uh, but it was always just for fun, and and then uh, actually how I got to play any of these sport extra sports. So I was recruited obviously to Marion for hockey, and on my recruiting trip, uh, I kind of was just asking about the different sports that they had, and and so I said, oh, so you do have soccer? And they're like, yeah, why? Like, do you play? I said, oh, well, I you know I I played pretty competitively growing up or whatever. Well, do you want to talk to the coach? I'm like, well, I don't know, like. Sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, so then talked to the coach, and then he's like, uh, like you could tell he was you know, probably thinking, okay, I am sure, he, like, I'm sure you can play type thing. But invited me to come to the camp that when I ended up uh, committing there and ended up making it, and and then later that year, my freshman year. Uh, our physical uh, trainer and and I mentioned something about tennis and well, do you want to go talk to that coach? I'm like, okay, sure. So then ended up uh, playing for the tennis team as well. And, and so to answer your question, no, I, tennis was, it's not something that was, uh, you know, I grew up playing really or training for, but uh, I was fortunate to get to play in college and it was lots of fun. I mean, uh, I wasn't a star by any means. Uh, 
uh, you know, uh, no, it was definitely lots of fun. And uh, it was kind of cool that sometimes it's nice to be humbled too when you play a sport that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily your number one sport, but the people you're playing are devoted and committed to that and put in time. And so, you know, I got humbled quite a few times uh, by some players, but uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the challenge of, you know, you're better than me, but I'm just going to run down every ball and, and uh, think of it that way. So, Was there anything that you learned from playing tennis competitively that translated to being a better hockey player? I think one thing that helped me hockey-wise was maybe just to to remind yourself that you know, this, at the end of the day, is for fun. Not, well, actually, the level I'm playing, you know, I wasn't playing pro or anything. It's not a livelihood, and, and you can get caught up so quickly in, in thinking that you know, everything, you know, like hockey can take over our lives, uh, and to just remind yourself, you know what, this is like good for the fun of it. And, and you're so fortunate to be playing this game at this school, doing all this. And, and uh, you know, I think tennis might have helped me do that because when I was playing tennis, I wasn't worried about going to the pros or whatever. Like I, you know, it was, I just enjoyed it for the game, the sport, the the competition and camaraderie. And I think in my, my later years uh, kind of brought that to the, the hockey room. And, and uh, I think that, yeah, it helped a lot. So well, I'm just curious, um, you know, you mentioned that you weren't that good at tennis, but uh, you were player of the week. Uh, how, how long have you been riding that? Uh, does that get you out of doing dishes or, or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I'm not letting that one go. For, uh, no, it, it's kind of still like, uh, it's still an ongoing joke. Uh, that happened my third year. And uh, we have this one guy who was on our team, his name Yuri Chernichko. Uh, he'll like the shout out too, but he always talks in this accent. And, and it, so it became this play of the week, man, play of the week. And it, <laughs> I, Played the two easiest schools, uh, and and won you know all my singles matches and and uh, you know I had a, I did have a good week but to get player of the week for the conference uh, was you know not an indicative uh, not an indicament of my overall you know star or whatever anyway so no I definitely that that uh, you know it's funny because soccer growing up soccer was kind of the sport i loved hockey but i might have been better at soccer uh but i chose hockey and so tennis really wasn't you know it's not my main sport by any means but that's the sport i got player of the weekend <laughs> not <laughs> hockey. trained my whole life for it not hockey but tennis so yeah What's your fondest memory from college hockey? Was it a big goal or something that you experienced with teammates away from the rink? Yeah, uh, it'd be tough. It'd be tough not to say that goal. Um, yeah, that was, I think, so the, the answer to the question is that goal. But I think if, when I look back on it, and my, my Marion career, uh, just all the little moments of, playing our rivals in front of 2,200 fans, 
at St. Norbert or going playing in Adrian as a freshman in the playoffs or, uh, you know, like our home game when we are my last game, when we lost to St. Norbert, we had almost 2000 fans in our, in our barn. And, uh, like just some of those moments, um, would, will always stand out to me. And, um, you know, and, uh, my second year was really tough. I, I, my first year I didn't I played, you know, just about every game was a, a significant player on the team. And then my second year I played, I think, five games or six games, uh, new coaching staff, new, so I had a really tough year that year. So then all that to say, I think when I fourth year and I end up, end up being named captain, I think that was a pretty special moment too. Um, kind of to come full circle. And, uh, so that was a neat moment, but yeah, that goal, uh, I've never really scored an overtime goal in my career. Like, big games or big goals necessarily but never really an overtime winner and uh yeah so to score that one that was uh that was pretty special yeah well and i'm I'm sure uh, brock's gonna want this on record here uh, you mentioned third year brock 24 games eight points you 25 games seven points uh was that a point of contention in your friendship when does he ever bring that up that he outscored you that year <laughs> yeah well um, you know what or do you just do you just remind him that you're player of the week and it's just like a wash at that point, eh? Well, you know what? That's always a good one to keep in mind. That player of the week. Uh, <laughs> no, Brock. Well, Brock's a very good player, and um, uh, so it doesn't surprise me that he outscored me. But uh, to defend that, I think most of those, like so, that first half of that year, I was kind of uh, you know in and out of the lineup fourth line type of thing so i don't know if i was getting the quality minutes that he was getting but no brock yeah yeah brock <laughs> will definitely let me hear it for sure you're all done with college hockey now what advice would you give to somebody considering going the college route i, I would say i mean if before going there uh i actually did uh, recently did a little interview for kind of the local newspaper in there one of the questions was do aspiring you know uh hockey players wanting to go to college what like what kind of what tips and my message to them was just like start like if you're in junior and you're really want to go down to the play college i start uh, organizing your life again and uh stay busy uh, i know i was certainly someone who you know because in juniors, you know, you're either out of your billets or you're home or, and then you might have school, but when you're 19, 20, you don't, you know, you don't have that. And so get in the gym and take courses like, or, or take your SATs or stay academically ready, um, and start like organizing your life. Because when you get to college, um, it's, you have volunteering, you have full-time classes, you have practice every day, workouts every day, um, your meetings, and you have living on your own, and and uh, you have all these different pressures and time management um, and finding time in those areas to kind of finally relax. It can be challenging for a lot of people as they first go into it. So my advice would be, start prepping for that before you get there. Um, 
And then when you're there, just enjoy every moment. Um, and, and whether you end up going uh, to play a sport or not, but especially if you do, especially if you're going to play on a college team, um, don't just socialize with the hockey team um, and kind of stay in that bubble. Now with COVID right now, they tell you to stay in a bubble, but hopefully that, that ends. Because, <laughs> um, and that was something uh, Brock and I did was, um, and it was advice I gave younger players as I got older. Like, sometimes hockey's not going to go well or, or right, or you might be contentious at times or with players. So out there, like join clubs, um, like participate in class, get to know on campus or, and just take in that whole experience. Um, because, you know, a lot of guys, they just kind of stay within that little bubble and they don't really get to know anyone else. You know, and, and, uh, that would be my advice is just enjoy it. And, um, obviously work hard, but also participate in other things at that school because there's so many incredible opportunities. Like, Buck and I went to uh, New York City to the model model United Nations, so we were inside the United, uh, United Nations building, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do, and that's what uh, that would be my advice. No, I mean that's great advice. We've had a lot of college uh, college hockey players, or, or you know, guys that that are pro NCAA. Uh, obviously, as you know, being Canadian, a lot of the talkers are around the CHL, but. I think more and more people now are looking at the college experience and, and trying to figure out uh, if it's right for them. And, and I think that's really sound advice. Um, I wanted to switch over to uh, the NHL because, as you mentioned, you're an Ottawa Senators fan. Draft Lotto. Uh, what were your What was your initial reaction when you, when you found out the Sens were picking third and fifth overall? Well, yeah. Uh, being a Sens fan, you really don't want to be too, you know, to like there's not much going on well right now for us so <laughs> to complain about two picks inside the top five sounds pretty i don't know stupid i guess but i i tell you i watching lafreniere at the world juniors uh that was pretty cool like that was um I, he's obviously a stud number gonna be a stud in the nhl too it looks like so the idea that we had best combined chance to get them and then not, to, you know, not to get them. That's disappointing, I guess. But, um, no, I quickly realized, you know what, the sounds like the anyone inside the top eight is going to get a fantastic player. We're going to get two. So, yeah. Um, at, uh, no complaints there. And, and, uh, and I, I think we have I saw something the other day. We have, Islanders first pick too so that's like 28th in the first round we have like 13 picks overall or something and nine inside the top three rounds pretty pretty incredible yeah I know Brandon Brandon always talks about Pierre Dorian doing a lot with a little yeah it it, it's just it it kind of always reverts to the same unfortunate topic of we have all this young talent and like even look at Norris, Josh Norris in the HL, he's rookie, you know, uh over a point per game as a as a rookie. We 
and then obviously Brandstrom and, and Shabbat and Kachuk and all these guys. And uh, kind of just, it's almost, first of all, will Melnick sign any of them? <laughs> uh, but even like you look at like teams like Toronto and even, you know, you out in Vancouver, like you might come to that point where like, can you sign all these guys or who can you keep? And so hopefully, you know, hopefully all this talent kind of blossoms in the next couple of years. But anyway, yeah. So. Yeah. You have to think with having so many draft picks for Ottawa that uh, they, they can't possibly sign all those guys to contract. So you, you must be expecting some moves at the deadline to try and get some players in. Well, and, and uh, I know yesterday it was announced um, Borowiecki is leaving in free agency. And, and all of a sudden, we don't have a lot of NHL ready players. <laughs> so uh, not that we had a great NHL lineup last year, but uh, you know, so yeah, there's definitely going to have to be some moves made to, to get some NHL ready players. But um, no, I don't like, obviously I think the plan is, is for Ottawa in the next, I think probably three years is probably a good number say where they can start competing um but uh you know no it's definitely exciting uh definitely exciting and and uh hopefully hopefully the community can start to realize that and out to games i just want to get your thoughts on brady kachuk do you see him being the future captain in ottawa kind of like matt is pegged to in calgary i i love brady i i think you know will he ever be you know, like a hundred and twenty point. I know he brings so many intangibles to the table, and uh, and he's not quite. A, I don't find him. I'm a little biased, but I don't find him quite as like pesty as his brother. I, I you know, he's bigger and tough. Like he'll fight, but he's not dirty. I don't. At least I don't find. And uh, so no, yeah, I, I love I love the way he plays, and I think yeah, I, you know, captaincy I could see in the future, yeah, and uh, it seems like a really nice kid too, so that's exciting. What are your um, predictions here? We're in the final four for the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, who do you got out of the East and the West? Well, uh, as it stands now, I don't know when this will come out, but I think uh, what Tampa's up two one, the Islanders. Uh, stayed alive there in overtime uh despite Stamkos not being there I thought that might hurt them but they just keep rolling Tampa Bay uh so I like them to get out um uh and and then out of the west uh I actually think Vegas will will can like will get out of there um even though Dallas has looked really strong and what seemed like a team that couldn't score all of a sudden they're scoring, but I don't know. I just think there's something about Vegas. Uh, yeah. And, and I've always really liked Mark stone. Even when he was in Ottawa, uh, even now, like he, he almost seems like he's better now. Like, and, uh, so, uh, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I so saw, I, I think Vegas, uh, will come back and, and then in Tampa. So, no, I, I got no more questions, but I, I just wanted to say, Lawson, first of all, we've been trying to get you on here for a little while now, and everything that uh, 
that we've heard about you has just been, I mean, you're just a, a great guy, just class, first class guy. And, and so having you on here was, was really special for us. And uh, thank you uh, for making the time to do this. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's very kind. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. I, I, uh, and uh, I, like I said, I, I think you guys are doing great work and uh, I like listening to you guys. I also, uh, you know, I know you did that interview with Brock and, and kind of told his story and, and brought him on. And, and that, uh, I think, is testament to kind of people you are. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we need to do more of that as uh, and not just in those, uh, you, know, in, you know, for Brock, who is, you know, his, uh, I guess, his sexuality or whatever. But in all, and, you know, we need to bring good stories to light and, and uh, so I appreciate what you guys did. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, awesome, man. Thanks again so much for coming on. And like Ryan said, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. From Ryan and Brandon, we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Minute. We'd like to take a second to thank you, the listener, for joining us. And a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Hockey Minute, as well as leaving voicemails on our anchor page at Hockey Minute. And always make sure to subscribe to whichever platform you listen to your podcast. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on The Hockey Minute. Whatever, man. Mods or nerds.